And welcome to another edition of Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And me, Paul Lux. And it's been a little bit. We dropped the improv special last week, and I think two weeks before was our last episode. We took a little bit of a break, a little, uh, a little uh, no podcast November. <laughs> I like to call it a hiatus. Us. <laughs> I don't so know. we figured just we'd just catch to... up about our Novembers because, my gosh, it's been like 24 days since I've talked to you face to face. It hasn't been that long, has it? Yeah. Feels like yesterday, my friend. <laughs> well, anyways, I turned 30. Big news for me. I turned 30. How do you feel? Do you feel like a moment, like a momentary shift in your persona? Well, what's really funny is the day I turned 30, I had horrific back pain. I'm like, <laughs> this is how it starts. This is it. This is the rest of my life. I've but been also, having back pain for years, so <laughs> the um, the, like I did, it didn't really like set in. It was like turning thirty until like I think it was like the next day, and I looked. I just kind of thought about. It. I was like, man, I can never say I'm in my twenties ever again. Like literally ever mm-hmm. in my life, can I say I'm in my twenties? Like that's just done forever. Mm-hmm. But then, and that like really bummed me out for like a solid like thirty two minutes. Like I was seriously like, shit, man. It's all over. This is it. You know, it's just 30 on, you know, can't be a kid anymore. Can't be a young one anymore. But at the same time, I've had a lot of people tell me that thirties are the best. So we'll see. I mean, who misses being in your twenties when you're broke as hell. You don't have a job. It's just like bleak. A lot of time you're just getting drunk a lot. I mean, that's basically your twenties or four thirties. At least you're a little bit more settled. I still don't have a lot of money, but at least I have a more idea of where I can go. So that's nice. See, I always felt like 20s were experimentation. And I promise that when I hit 30, which I have four years, so that's a long time for me. Wow, um, you're young, man. I'm a bebe. Uh, but I promise if I hit 30 and I don't feel satisfied, I feel like there's something missing or something I didn't get to experiment with, like I will do it at 30. I um, had one. You know? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You're good. I had one goal in my life, and it was to be uh, – full-time in radio by the time I was 30 and which I did do. I did accomplish. You did. I ended up quitting that job before I turned 30. <laughs> and, but ironically, and, and I don't know, lately I've been thinking not how I, I hate to use the word overrated, but like, I feel like once you do something, at least for me, like once I do something, like I feel fine. Like if God forbid tomorrow I go to work and I get laid off tomorrow, like that's fine. I've done it. Like, right. And like you've right. been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And, like, there's so many things that, like, I want to do, so I don't feel too, like, jaded if, like, I don't know, like, I hear a lot of people who have, like, dreams where they're like, I want to be a doctor for 40 years, I want to be a, a model until I'm 40, or I want to teach dance right. all my life, and it, which is great, but for me, it's just, like, I just see myself evolving and moving through different phases, so, I don't know, I'm not, like, totally excited about when a door closes, but I'm not devastated by it either. I think that's, I think that's a, like the kind of the mindset of people who are in, into more like creative endeavors. Like Mm -hmm. I've done so many different things creatively in my life. Like I've done radio, I've done writing, I've done Mm -hmm. podcasts, I've done news, done all kinds of stuff that's like, I kind of feel you how it's like when one door closes, it's like, okay, well it gets to a point almost where it's like, you're kind of ready to do something new anyway, in a way, and like try something else creatively i guess if that makes sense so i mean it is what it is like we're kind of in the field where you're never going to have a gig for 40 years and then retire that's literally Mm -hmm. never going to happen to either of us Mm -hmm. so it's kind of you just kind of got to embrace the borderline gig culture and go from you know point a to point b to point c to point d and in a way that's kind of nice because 
I don't know how you'd feel about it, but like I couldn't really imagine like so you sit at this, you know, this cubicle and be like, this is it for the next forty five years. Oh God, no. Like I couldn't really do that. Like I know there's always gonna be something different for me to do. And sure it might not be like the highest paying job or the most thrilling thing, but I always know that like in a year or so there's gonna be something like different I can try, different I can do, even if it's on the side and that kind of like propels me forward. I don't think I could just sit around and be like, okay, this is it until like I retire. And that's, that's it. I was just thinking about a job I had from 2017 to, I want to say 2018. And I thought of it like, Oh, what a bad job. But I've had so many gigs, like so Mm -hmm. many gigs. And it's interesting to see which ones obviously last longer than others. But you know, I think that's like what I love about life is like the ability to kind of recreate yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm on Indeed and Facebook job and LinkedIn posts I know, you every send me a whole day. Bunch. I send you, yeah, I told you that's a benefit of being friends with me. A lot and of them I will are send shady you. as hell. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> They're the most shady <laughs> job postings ever. Like this, somebody's like, going to come pick me up in a white van in this one. But. I'm like, Paul, look, a knife salesman job. That's perfect. <laughs> but, you know, like to me, it, it, opportunity exists. It's just trying to find it. And right. if you can't find the opportunity, then you have to make the opportunity. Um, I don't want to get into too much detail right now, but I'm in the process of considering to start an LLC. Um, Ooh, and, look at you. And it's something that I'm like, you know, well, I'll be involved in this. You can join the, you can be a, a non-paid staff member. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I would do that. Why not? What the hell? Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And you know this about me. You Paul. heard it here first, by the way. You heard it. The exclusive, obviously thoughts exclusive. But, you know, I'm already doing X, so why not have an LLC for it? That's my and, – and I think as I get older, it starts to make more sense. You know, when I was 22, I think I was still too bothered with experimentation. But now that I'm 26, I'm like, okay, I still want to experiment, but I have some ideas of where I'm going. You know what I mean? Hey, I mean, so, one of my buddies um, who – did you listen to the uh, – I hope you did – listen to the entirety of the last interview I did? Yes, uh, the hour and twenty minute interview. Yeah. Honestly, it was really good. And I remember, <laughs> I remember being very critical to you. I said, "Paul, an hour and twenty minutes," and you were like, "Dude, it's worth it." <laughs> and it was me. worth it. It was worth it. I, I, t- I kid you not. When I see someone's podcast has like an hour and fifty minute like inter- like episodes or interview, I'm like, hour and fifty minutes. Like, are you solving like well, the world like worst math problem? But <laughs> you had a great example of a minute and twenty interview, hands down. I thought it was Here- phenomenal. It was interesting. It, it, it was a great story. Well, thank you. But I mean, most of the credit goes to Dylan because he had literally the wildest story I've ever heard in my life. And one of the reasons, because you couldn't, you couldn't get the gist of his life story in like 30 minutes just because of how he kind of did that. Like he was part of a huge company in New York City and then just literally was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm basically going to be homeless and start an LLC. <laughs> and it's pretty huge today. But um Oh, now I forgot my train of thought. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to do this, that sounds like a pretty good idea. I mean, heck, why not, right? You know, my only question is like, okay, you know, especially the first year, I'm not really looking to necessarily make a profit as I am to make a brand. So is that okay with an LLC? And I just don't want to like have to spend a large amount of money. So I got I got to do some investigation, but I have a name. I have a rough, some rough can logo get the ideas. name or is it, is it no? Uh, I don't you can bleep it out. Just bleep, bleep it out. <laughs> I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Oh, and I then it would be funny if you would say it, but then like bleep it out in the podcast. But here's the thing. I would forget to bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd edit this be like, oh, another great episode, and I'd forget. <laughs> and I'd be like, God dang it. Um, but, you know, and right now I'm doing my master's. I want to start teaching college. I'm so excited for that opportunity down the line. 
I'm excited for that. a lot of opportunities, really. You know what's what's really weird? One of my my two favorite jobs I ever had. I was a TA, which which was was pretty awesome. But um, my one of my favorite jobs ever was, believe it or not, McDonald's. That job was crazy, man. Because the stories? Yeah, because I did it when I was in high school. I mean, it was everybody's high school jobs work at fast food. And my freshman year through my senior year, I worked at McDonald's and. Basically, it was just me working with my buddies, like five to nine, and then like night shifts on the weekends. And we would just do the stupidest stuff. And it was just <laughs> like, you know, the, the most typical high school job ever. And that was like something I kind of missed because of how carefree it was. And then the other job that was the be- one of the best ones I had was a groundskeeper at a golf course. Dude, Ooh. that job was amazing. Amazing. I loved working. I When I was in college, I worked at the recplex gym and as a barista at the coffee shop. And I loved working those shifts because the gym, I'd swipe cards, clean a little equipment and like do my studying or do some projects at the barista. It just, it, it was a comedy. It was a freaking sitcom at the, at the coffee shop. I loved don't, it. Don't take this. Like, I don't know how this would sound, but you would make like a class, a plus bartender. You know that, right? Oh, I mean, I had bartended in the past a little bit. I want to do more in the future because really I have the social skills, I think. And like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you could literally talk to an, uh, a fly and get information out of it. Like you would be <laughs> the best bartender in the world. Cause I'm you're just so energetic you, too. I'm telling you if like, God forbid I get laid off tomorrow, two things I'm doing, I'll probably apply to bartend. And I will look to see if I can run for office. Those are the two things, the two first things. What office would you run for? Like city council or like, you know. What would would you do if you're president? Your first thing is president. Seriously, this isn't even like a joke question or Mm -hmm. anything. What would be your first thing? Uh, Legalize marijuana, decriminalize drugs, and get rid of um, all the people in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. Wow, that would be the top of the list? I think so. I think because there's so many people who are spending decades in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. Mm -hmm. And I think the, we've seen a lot of positivity from marijuana. I think drug education needs to be rehauled. Um, And I think there's a lot of unhappy people who feel happy when they take drugs, unfortunately. And, you know, I think we should work to change that for sure. But I think decriminalizing, you know, drugs and legalizing marijuana is a good step in the right direction. Um, I think that's huge. I mean, I guess if I could, as president, change gerrymandering or get rid of the electoral college, that would be up there. Um, you know, I think minimum sorry, wage is up there too. I mean, it's one of those things where it's a slippery slope. There's so many things to change. Mm-hmm. But what would you do? Um, my first thing would probably be figuring out student loans okay probably because i feel like if you can get that solved and like i'm not saying like clear everybody's student loans because that's not a good idea either but like if you can figure out a great pathway to to end it well what was the thing hold on one second i think yang had had one of the best Mm -hmm. ideas his idea was if you could um pay off 10 percent a year for the next five years the rest would be forgiven and that would be pretty because i mean you would assume that all that extra money would go right back into the econ so but i don't know what who am i who am i, I, I think the biggest thing is getting rid of the interest rates there are people mm-hmm. who have seven, well they're predatory eight, at this point yeah and it's a government loan i think government loans should be very minimal if not no interest rate you know well, like i'm 
pretty lucky. I left college with about 35K. And before I started my master's, so like in about four years, I took 35 down to like 23, 22. Mm-hmm. But there's people who pay large amounts of money who barely put a dent in because doctors. of interest rates. Yeah, doctors basically pay the loans the rest of their life. Like it's, literally. It, it's ridiculous. It's that's the that's the thing that I think bugs me the most is the interest rates. You know, well, I mean, and, I, I I don't mind the interest rate. Like, I I get why you got to have like a return on an like I get that I really do. But, but it's I a government. Mean, they don't. They shouldn't well, need a financial well, gain. It should I'm, just I'm, be like an. I'm honestly, I'm honestly okay with that. It's the eight, nine, ten percent interest interest rates that are insane, mm-hmm. and also the um expanding interest rates that they'll just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. That stuff's just predatory at a point. I mean, literally, it's like I don't even mind like a small interest rate. That's just kind of what you get with loans. I understand that, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it gets to a point where you're just being over the top. That's the thing, though. We have we are. It's a government. It's not a company. If a mm-hmm. company says, "Hey, we want a five, six, seven percent interest rate on a car or a home," well, the company, the company's loan the, companies are much, much worse than the federal one. They're like straight. No, up I know, but our people. federal government should not be having interest rates on our loans. If they're going to have dis- a program where they offer that, I think that's the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is that the the interest rates get out of control on government loans. That yeah, be, they but. they do for sure. But I understand having at least a little bit. Like yeah. I, I I do. <sighs> I just don't think it's necessary. If you're going to, as a government, going to say we're going to offer loans to students, you should do it out of the sanctity of like, you know, we know that a college is expensive. We're going to cover it for you and you'll pay us back. Your opinion and- sucks and I hate you. <laughs> is that first. how this works? You're not the first. Oh, um, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> so this month I had to get a new furnace for my new house and a new roof for my new house. I forgot you bought a house. I really did. Because I, uh, I haven't posted anything on social media, and it's because every time I I'm ready to take the photo of me in front of the house, it, mm-hmm. something happens. Like I get interrupted by the neighbor, or I realize that the photos I look bad because the tank I'm wearing is too tight. So I've yet to really announce it. And like part of me too, like I'm not the kind of person to do that. What what, well, what happened to the house? I want to hear about this. Well, there was some light water damage and. We figured, uh, I was talking to my dad and my mom, and I was like, I think I should just replace the roof. Got a great quote. There's water damage roof. on the inside? Yeah, like there's on a little sub- seepage. There's some seepage. Okay. Well, we pull up the roof to find a ton of rotted wood. Like, it was really uh, bad. Yep. yep. So, good thing we changed. We're changing that all out. And then the furnace, guess what year the furnace was put in? 1973. You didn't even let me guess. Oh, well, I just, what were we going to guess? I don't know, like the fifties, but come on, you can't do that. <laughs> I just can I guess I, the price of your roof? Yes. Hmm. How big is your house? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like bedrooms and stuff. Okay, it's two bedroom, one bath, living room, kitchen, kitchenette. Five thousand. Uh, so before the wood cost about two point six, with the wood cost about a little over three. Mm, it's a pretty good price. That's it's a really good price. Che- Honestly, yeah. that's pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna it's a good, for, it's a good wood, family getting wood good, and everything. Yeah, it's a good family connection. Um, well, there you go. And the furnace shouldn't be too bad either. But yeah, I mean, my my bank account has taken a huge hit during this time. <laughs> oh, but I get my furniture on Wednesday as well. So I've been using a little coffee shop coffee table 
as my desk to record these things. Uh, I will be at my new desk pretty soon. So I'm excited. You should get one of those like standing desks. I thought about it, but like, I don't know. We'll see. I'll think I want it. one of those. <laughs> I've always wanted them. one, but yeah, go ahead. What, um, what are your thoughts and what are you doing for the uh, upcoming holiday of Thanksgiving? So the good news is my extended family and my immediate family, we don't really talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, there's that. You know, oopsies, forgot to mention. So in terms of Thanksgiving, it's going to be my parents, my sister, me, my sister's fiance, and my sister and fiance's two kids. And we've been in the same, you know, little bubble pretty much since March. Right. You know, since the day it happened, you know, we, I mean... We, I don't really see anyone else, but I mean, I go to work, I guess. Um, but that's kind of my social bubble, I guess, is, you know, seeing them and going to the zoo, uh, you know, it's nice outside. Um, so it, it doesn't change my Thanksgiving situation. Um, let's just say if I had 40 cousins, I would not be seeing them this year. <laughs> I think it's pretty outlandish to just assume, well, it's Thanksgiving, dot, dot, dot. Um, so let's have, you know the whole family and the family's family over, you know, there's a time and a place and this is neither. So, but what about you? Nothing. Me and the wife and the baby chilling at home. And, um, I thought about this today actually. And I put it on Facebook. Um, this should be the year where we just kind of, I feel like since everyone's Thanksgiving is just kind of canceled, like Katie and I were talking about this, how, since it's just us, we're going to take all the Thanksgiving norms as for like turkey, you know, what, and just throw them out the window, just out, everything's done, and just kind of starting something new. Like Katie's having like pancakes, I've been having like a steak or something. Like, screw it. Like, you know, if we're, if we're going to cancel Thanksgiving, we're canceling it. We're doing whatever we want. We're just making whatever we want. Do Like, just doing whatever we want, watching whatever we want, you know, just whatever. And I'm wondering if like years on from this, like, I wonder what Thanksgiving next year will look like. Like, are we going to go all the way back to the traditions, you know, full bore because we kind of missed it this year? Or are we, are we, is Thanksgiving going to, like, change? Are we going to see mm-hmm. people doing different stuff, new traditions? The turkey's gone now because last mm-hmm. year, like, screw, maybe we won't even see family members anymore. I don't know. Be like, screw it. I liked it last year when I didn't see your ugly faces. <laughs> I don't see them this year either. So I don't know. I'm curious as to, you know, what it's going to look like next year. I have a feeling people are going to have that knee jerk and want to like, you know, do all the family stuff again, which I, I, I understand. But part of me is like, what if we have this alternate reality where like Thanksgiving is defeated? Like it's just dead <laughs> in the water. Well, I think you're in a fun position because you know, you have a new daughter, right? So it's like a new mm-hmm. family. And so I think you're able to kind of hit the ground running. This is a great year to experiment. And you know, yeah, maybe you'll have steak and pancakes for Thanksgiving dinner this year. And maybe next year that's your breakfast and that's the right. tradition. And, right. Yeah, exactly. It's that's going to be, be weird. really fun. It's going to be weird being just us and no family, though, because Katie and I are very family-oriented, but mm-hmm. our whole family is just kind of another thing. It's like, well, you just got to do what you got to do. But, you know, it's it, it's sad, and it, it, it trust me, I understand why people are bummed out and upset about it. I mean, mm-hmm. me being – my daughter was born in January, so literally the first year of her life, we couldn't, like, show her off to, like, literally anyone. <laughs> and so that was, you know, really disappointing because they only have a first kid once, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that was disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. And I just don't understand the constant pushback. It's like the, just the quicker we can just do this, just get it over with and just rip the bandit off this quicker. This will all be over, but people just refuse. And it's, 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 I don't even know what to say anymore. I, I really don't. I really don't. I'm I will say, 
I the last two weeks have been very existentialist for me. I feel like every fall I go through a giant like period of like, who am I? What do I want to be? Etc. I think this it's year the weather. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think this year it was compounded just because of our society and COVID. Um, but I, what I'm really doing this winter, I'm making a list of things I want to do this winter because I feel like, you know, with holidays being restricted, social restrictions, nothing's happening, right? We really need to be more aware of ourselves this winter and like have these missions, these projects, these goals to keep us in check. Because I don't want to, you know, succumb to some kind of depression um, where I'm just laying Which around all day. Which can happen pretty easily, yeah. I know, and it's scary, and, you know, especially someone like me who I work my buns off all the time. But, you know, I, I just want to continue to be happy and to be motivated. So I know I have my list coming up for the winter that I'm excited about, genuinely. Um, my, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was pretty much done. My winner's like... I kind of get what you're saying, but usually my winners at the time I get to hunker down and like, I'll spend basically all year because I do a lot of photography I have for the past couple of years and I'll spend basically like all summer and spring and fall doing that. And then winter is kind of my like reclusive editing and writing time. So I've kind of hunkered down into that mode a little bit. And, um, so I, it's more my more creative part of the year because I like being outside and doing stuff too. So I definitely, definitely have more time for, for things. So I also, it, it keeps me like, God, it's like dark 24-7 it feels like too. And it just kind of <laughs> keeps you like at least a little bit, you know, light and mm-hmm. um, happy about stuff. But I, I, I'm excited, you know, for a couple things coming up. But I'm mostly, oh, by the way, I um, finished editing my book. Yes. I went to go like look at publishers. Mm-hmm. This shit's like three thousand dollars to publish. Yeah, I've looked. Like what in God's name is that? Like I can you can self publish through Amazon for like obviously much 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 cheaper. But you go get you don't get the distribution. You don't get the you know mm-hmm. uh, all the the press and everything. But dude, three thousand dollars? You kidding me? I've looked oh. a little bit too because you know I have some stuff that I've been sitting on for a long time. And I think what the industry has become, and this is, I think, very similar with music and with other things, it's like, it doesn't really matter about how good the quality is. It's about if you have a paycheck. Literally. Like, there mm-hmm. are Christmas songs that are being pushed right now that are freaking terrible. But, you know, it's like someone had 10, 12, 15K in their pocket and could give it to someone. And that's how they get the distribution. And yep. You know, at the end of the day, one of the reasons I write in particular is because I just have to. There's just a call to write, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. even if like two people are like, hey, I love that piece, that's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think uh, at the end of the day, you'll find a way and you'll make it it happen. It really bummed me out because it's like, man, I have this great thing I want to show, but it's like, it's almost like you got to pay your way into the industry, which I think is BS, but yeah. It is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I don't have $3,000 because I just put it in a roof. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for this week. How about you? No, I think that's all. Just the house stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, next week, the tarot special that I've been working on comes out. Uh, and I have another special for the end of the year, hopefully, too. So, some what are your other things. plans for this uh, this winter? Hunkering down, um, not doing L- anything. <laughs> LLC. I started editing. Uh, so I started writing a book series in 2008. 
and it took me eight years to write these 10 books. And so I'm going back Damn, to that lot, first one and I'm rewriting and editing. And my goal is to try and do most of the series over the winter. Um, you realize it's over one book a year, which is a lot. Well, and that doesn't include the other projects that I did in that time period either. So we'll see how it goes. But <laughs> are you going to read this? Have you started reading it all? I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, what's funny is so I forgot that when I wrote like this, the one that I'm editing right now, I wrote in 2008 and then I did like a light rewrite in 2012, I think. And at the time, I remember the light rewrite being great. And I look at the the, the light rewrite and I'm like, ah. So it's like, <laughs> I'm basically rewriting the rewrites of the original write, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are scenes, like I always think of this one scene that happens in the second book. Oh no, it's in the first book in the second part. And it's a scene where... A lot of, you know, the main protagonists are coming up on this setting. And I had this vision of how I wanted this scene to go down, but I just wasn't a strong writer. I couldn't like really write that scene. And I remember in the rewrites, rewriting that, fingers crossed. Um, so I'm hoping that it comes to fruition and that it's uh, workable again. But we'll see. I might have to rewrite the rewrites. And <laughs> but it's, uh, well, good luck. And new album, hopefully in February. So I'm going to be working on that one. I know. This next album is going to be really fun, though. So I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Till next time. Till next time. Peace out. Later. Later.